Hello, welcome to the SE Hardback Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. With me again, he had a break. He was out with a hammy for a couple of weeks, but he's back on deck. It is the Dylan Brown to my Mitch Moses. It's Nom. Nom, how are you, mate? I'm very well, thanks. Mate, how are you? Mate, I'm good. I'm good. I've had a couple of the other boys uh, take a hit up for you. Obviously, uh, life gets in the way sometimes, but I'm happy to have you back because this is not only the Parramatta Supercoach send-off, this is also a bit of a therapy session for me with my team. So I'm glad that you're here. You know, you've been with me all season here. But let's jump straight into it, mate. The 2023 first thought for the Parramatta Eels Supercoach season. Oh, what could have been? What could have been, actually? That's probably what I think. Just because uh, of the way you guys sort of finished the season, beating Penrith in Penrith, uh, we always knew sort of Parramatta had it in them to, you know, really uh, challenge the top. But um, just that slow start really just came back to uh, bite you guys in the ass. It surely, surely did. But from a, from a super coach perspective, it's probably a little bit more brighter, right? We had uh, three guys over 70 average. We had quite a few guys over 60. There was quite a few players that you were able to draft at a decent clip, you know, second, third, fourth round this year that really turned out to be some season keepers for you. Yeah, that's right. Um, third, fourth round, yeah, we were talking about uh, Clint Gutherson, um, those Hopgood earners that we would have jumped on, but uh, I'm just looking down at the power players. It's the Cardi Party year. So let's start right there. In the great category, I've got four players that sit in the great category. And let's start with Cardi because uh, he is a very, very interesting story. He was picked 232 on average this year. So he was somewhere in like, you know, those very late last two or three rounds. Someone just goes, you know what? It's him and Dury on an edge. Let's go the Cardi. And if you did, you were rewarded a 62 average played 24 games and that's huge right you know you're getting someone who's going to always get that 50 60 24 games he was huge this year cardi yeah he was um to put it in perspective he averaged the same as ryan madison don't i know so, that don't i know that so uh, let that sink in for you i mean madison's really been shafted with oh I guess he played more or less the same role, you know, coming off the bench. But, um, yeah, the the impact, I actually don't know what happened to, to Maddo, whether, you know, Hopgood sort of um, took most of the minutes there in the middle. Um, you know, with Madison, I guess, you know, on the contrary, you know, Cardi had a great year, but with Madison, he had, I guess, a fairly disappointing one from his standards or what you would have had to draft in that. Yeah, I think the the draft positions will kind of put over the line. Got, let's let's dive into the matter in a moment. We'll go three more players in the great category. So I've got uh, your boy Clint Gutherson. I think if you drafted Clint in round two or three, you're absolutely cheering this year. He was the third overall scoring player in Supercoach this year with a 79 average across 23 rounds. Absolutely insane. We got Mitch Moses. Um, yes, there was a couple of injury effect games. Played the 19 games, but you know that's a 68 average in your half pack. You'll take that every day. And your boy Jermaine Hopgood. Um, 23 or sorry, 24 rounds played a 73 average drafted as position 108 overall. And I think you were maybe sixth round, seventh round, I think for Hopgood. So, you know, probably the steal of the draft in the big hitters for Parramatta. Yeah. Um, Gutho and Hopgood, they pretty much carried me all the way to the end. Uh, massive, massive sort of, uh, shout from from those players uh especially with the value you would have got from Hopgood you know that's um he's he's uh Sun Guru isn't he 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. The guru, the guru, the guru is the father of him. But yeah, he was. You just kind of knew, like there was obviously. You look at preseason hype, and I think um, that guru shout to Gordon right. He had Sonny Luke and Jermaine Hopgood, and very different ends of the spectrum. But you just knew that first game um, against Melbourne took that hit up close to the line, popped an offload for a try assist. He just had it from day one. You know, the offload was good, strong running meters, good tackler. So, and I think they kind of worked up a parameter. The 80-minute game for Hopgood, yes, probably not going for super coach, but if he's still getting 65 minutes, you know, average of 65, 70. So I think for the coming seasons, he's going to be a very interesting player where he gets drafted. Mate, take me back to that round one, round two, where he was coming off 101. <laughs> no, no pretty much all base playing 84 minutes straight and then he had 124 i could have probably traded him for cleary at that point i try to trade for a lot of players i think fifi was on the table at one stage for him so uh yeah that is uh he had a great season but let's go to the next category mate i normally go to the good but i've made a little sub tier of a good slash great because there's two guys that fall in this so madison is one that's the guy we're just talking about there when you look at it he had he averaged the same as cardi but i think like you said it's where you had to draft him and probably the if you try to trade for him. So he was a 50th pick overall in draft, and that was even with the suspension at the start of the year. So everyone knew you weren't going to get him for the first, I think it was three rounds of the year, three or four rounds. He still went pick 50 overall. So he would have been a top 30 pick without that suspension. 62 average, nothing to sneeze at. High score, 89. Lower score, 39. But it's never really seemed to... We never had that big Maddo game where it was, you know, evident that he was one of the best two refs in the game. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, with Maddo, there were a lot of questions about what his role would be this season, whether he would sort of go back to the edge or whether he would continue, um, uh, you know, working up the middle with his sort of playmaking and, and offload ability. But I, I actually had drafted Maddo on draft night, uh, but I traded him before the season even started for Nick Meany. So uh, in hindsight, I think overall, I think that that Nick Meany was was a great choice for me, uh, especially late in the season. But with Mado, I mean, if you were the one getting Mado to miss out on those four games and for him to never really have those heights that you expected him, yeah, yeah, exactly right. That's what keeps him out of the great one. But yeah, but the other guy with there is uh, Dill Brown. So when you look at his average, wow, 60, uh, 76 average. You know, easily going to be walking as the best 5-8 option next year. But 17 games, and, you know, he missed some crucial games there. You know, you look at his, uh, he was absolutely killing it. That little stretch before the suspension, 109, 116, 53, 113, 84. That was to round 13. And then he didn't see him again until round 23. So really, those 10 weeks before the Supercoach finals. Uh, so obviously, he's going to be, a, he's easily a round one pick next year for me. But for this year, those 10 games really could have hurt the owner of a deal brand, which it did in our comp. He, he missed the finals, essentially. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, Dill Brown, he's he's pretty much, I guess, yeah, bar the suspension, he pretty much kicked off where he um, where he left off last season. He had, I think he was averaging around mid-70s last season. And this season, jeez, um, if you had him and missed him for those 10 rounds, that would have hurt. But all the up. In terms of all the other rounds, he, he really did uh, show up with you know, that massive average. You look at those last... So he played the four games at the end of the season. But look at the last three. Brisbane, Roosters, Panthers. You know, three of the better form teams in the comp at that stage. 87, 88, 81. So I think he's proven that he's now matchup proof. 
he's going to get that base. He's at least good for one attacking side of the game. And I just think, like I said, in that 5-8 position that we're going to talk about so much in this offseason, once we, you know, get the jewels and the draw, it's really, for the first time ever in the position since we've been playing, the 5-8 level, there's a there's a guy at the top, and then there's a tier to tier 2, because Dylan Brown is just going to wipe the rest of the 5-8s. But let's go finish that good category. Will Penasini and Junior Paolo, not much to discuss there. Two guys that you were drafted relatively high, you know, maybe fourth, fifth round. Got good returns above 50, but um, not enough to be in the great. But let's go to the fail on because I've got three people in this fails, and this is this would have hurt a lot of people. So the first guy is Mike Acevo. So with Sevo, you look again, you look at the average, a 53 average, you're going, oh, that's pretty good, uh, you know. But when you look at it, there was two huge hundreds. There was uh, obviously the 154 at the end of the season and 124 against Titans in round 10. Other than that, a whole lot of middling scores, you know. Uh, let me refer to you from round 16, Nom, against Manly, 26, 27, Dolphins, 18, New Zealand, 10, Gold Coast, 17, and gets suspended. Comes back against the Roosters, 21. This is a guy that on that left wing for Parramatta, we thought was an absolute goldmine. And even when he was there, you know, Simonson was taking some points from the inside. They were switching into the other side of the field with Sean Russell. Just a real eh season. And I think he's going to be a very interesting draft case next year because he was picked 77 overall this year. I expect that to plummet next year. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it would have really hurt you around those sort of mid to late season. But um, yeah, to finish off with 154, I, I didn't realize he had t- uh, turned up that much against uh, Penrith Panthers. But yeah, other than that, uh, I guess Sebo is one of those guys where he does have the ceiling, but um, oh, geez, if he doesn't really get off the ground, yeah, that base is quite low, that single-digit base. I'm going to remind everyone heading into next year's draft. Michaeli Rawalawa, Mike Acevo. It's the same type of play, but you're getting much better upside in Rawalawa. So for me, you know, I think Michaeli was picked 200 and something. Acevo was 77. Save yourself the, uh, the positions there. But let's go to the next guy on the list. Injury affected, but just never really hit off the ground. Sean Lane. So one of the darlings from last year's Supercoach season. Pick 35 overall this year. That's a very high pick, Dom. That is, a, you're talking a end of the third, early fourth round here. Averaged a 43, only played the 10 games. Highest score of a 65. Yeah, it just never really happened. There was a couple of injury-affected scores in there. But, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting one for next year because you can't go from a top five to RF one year to being nearly undraftable the next. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. You know, I was, I've always been a fan of Sean Lane. And, uh, you know, last season he really sort of had that uh, left edge going with that connection with uh, Dill Brown and, you know, those offloads and those try assists and those line breaks. But, um, yeah, I'm looking at his scores this year. Just the one try, really. I know he was severely injury-affected only played 10 games, but, yeah, the only one attacking stat. You, you surely think that... You know, this is him at his at his bottom, right? Like it's it's only up from now. You would think so. That there's such a hole in that two error spot for Parramatta. We need, you know, Cardi looks like he's filled one of them. And I, I would assume I'm 99 percent sure it's gonna be Sean Lane, but you know, Sean Lane's had these kind of years where in a contract year or a big year he goes hard, and there's years that he kind of goes missing. So I'm hoping that's not the case. Uh, but let's round it out the last position. Just a general one here, the hooker position. So obviously two guys here, Brendan Hands and Josh Hodgson. You didn't have to draft from that early, I don't think. Uh, let me just find 
Um, my boy, the retired Josh Hodgson. Um, here he is. So oh, 142. So that's a that's a mid round pick. You know, people were pretty keen on him. And let's not forget, Nom, the first start in the first three rounds, there was two 60s in there. So we were looking going 80 minutes, 60 minutes, 60 points in the Parramatta team. Then it just fell off a cliff. We started going into the 50-minute uh, games, some 40-minute games, and then the injury struck. So Hodson, Hands, and then Lusick at the end of the season. Going to be very simple. Parramatta does with the position because it can be a fruitful supercoach position. Parramatta is obviously a very good attacking team, uh, but probably one to steer clear of until we get a clear out uh, of what happens next for next year. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I wonder who who will be starting, I guess, leaning towards Lusick, but... Um... Mm. Yeah, I've no sympathy if you've drafted, uh, if, you've draft, if you've drafted early on um, the Parramatta hooker there, uh, Josh Hodgson, because you know we we knew going into this season he was he had no knees essentially. So, um, yeah, yeah, unfortunate the way uh, he did have to end his career. But in terms of sub coach, yeah, he, he was never going to be a a viable option. I think one hundred percent. All right, last category for the roundup for 23. Gutho versus Hopgood. Who's the MVP, Norm? Ugh. You got a guy who you had to draft pretty early in Gutho, but really in that fullback position, you know, there was a lot of temperamental scores this year. You know, you had Turbo go out early. Papi never came in. Teddy, Latrell in and out, not good scores. He was just so consistent there. But then Hopgood... You know, if you start with him, classic 200-odd thousand, you, you rode him nearly all the way in draft. If you drafted him round six-plus, what an absolute steal. So it's a great debate, but I'll tell you who I'm leaning personally. I'm going to give the, the edge to Gutho just because of the ceilings, and he was a true captain option. You know, Hopgood was that safe VC or captain in a pinch, but you would go in a, every week and go, yep, Gutho is my captain this week and be very happy with it. Yeah, that's right. For, for a long time, I had Gutho sort of that mid, sort of late season. Gutho was either my captain versus VC. Let me remind you, I'm looking at his scores now. They were just... Insane. Yeah. They, they, look at this. Three, like, four week yeah, there's stretch. stretches. 138, 132, 119, Whew. 61 against the Titans, and then 115 against Queensland. Oh, my God. Yeah, you even think back to that... Um, I'll, I'll take you back to that round nine game. We were on, we were on the way to a Bucks that weekend, then... That was the game at Combank. Um, I think he scored three or four from memory, but he really, they bombed another three or four. We were talking, that could have been a six-try effort there. That could have been the Supercoach record, the way that they really, like uh, there was a clean break where I think it was Moses didn't pass him on the inside. There was another one where it was a drop ball close to the line. That was that could have been the big score of the season. Yeah, I think you were, it was a flip of a coin with who you brought in that, that, um, that round in Classic and you... Went with both Hopgood and Gutho, which turned out um, it's not really well for you. Yeah, we were sitting outside David's house, and I had the app open going. I just need a big swing, and obviously, classic season never got off the ground. But that was a that was my easily my best trade week, bringing in Gutho and Hopgood, who both turned up in the same game. So, let's finish this up, Dom. Twenty twenty four hope. I think mainly the guys that are the good and the greats are going to have another big season. I think you know Gutho, Hopgood, Moses, Dillbags, Maddo, those guys are going to be. Surefire picks. I think you have to go very early on these guys. Um, you know, just thinking about now, I think Gutho uh, and Dillbags, probably you're looking end of round one. Moses, Hopgood, you're looking early round two here. What do we think here for 
2024 hope? Do we think this team can excel even better in Supercoach, or do you think there's a bit, a bit of a regression coming? Yeah, it's 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 hard because Supercoach wise, I think they had a, a fantastic year. NRL wise, you'd think they'd be on the up, right? You'd think the Eels surely should be pushing, uh, pushing at the eight at the very least, just given how they've gone the past few years under BA. Um, but yeah, it might be a funny one where they they improve NRL wise, but uh, super coach wise, they might sort of stagger. Yeah, I'm expecting a slight regression. Like I said, those those real key guys in key positions, I think, are going to be dead set. I'm going to probably stay and steer a little bit away from the outside backs. You know, your Simonsons, your Penasinis, your Sebos. I think they'll go for a nice pretty penny. I think Cartwright, you know, Paolo, RCG, those guys, again, will go decently mid-round. So I think it's going to be very top-heavy for me if I do draft Parramatta guys. And otherwise, I might just stay clear and wait for some trades later in the season. Yeah, put it simply, I think the value might not be there for Parramatta, given how, how well they've gone this season. Yeah, it's a good way to finish it, mate. Well, thank you for coming on, mate. You've said it all. Always a pleasure, mate. Better luck next year. <laughs> mate, hopefully. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Get on the socials at the SE Halfback, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. Give us a like, give us a follow. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. We'll hear from you soon. Cheers.